Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of John. And good morning, faithful listeners. This is Jen with the Bible Explained podcast. And thank you so much for tuning in this morning. I'm so happy that you are here and that you chose to spend your Thursday tuning into this podcast and learning about scripture. So we're going to finish up John chapter 10 today, and we're going to move into John chapter 11 on Tuesday. And we're actually pretty close to finishing John. Let me see how many chapters we have left. We are exactly halfway through John, so maybe not... (laughs) We're not close to finishing up, John, but we are definitely halfway through it. I do think we are pretty close, though, in the Old Testament episodes to finishing up um, Deuteronomy. And we're going to move into the history section of Scripture and out of the Torah. So that'll be fun. But anyway, let's go ahead and read John chapter 10, verses 22 through 42 today and finish up this chapter. And let's see what new problem the Israelites have today and whether or not Jesus calls us gods, like with a little G. So let's talk about this. Once again, this is John chapter 10, verses 22 through 42. It was the feast of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter and Jesus was walking in the temple in Solomon's porch. The Jews therefore came around him and said to him, how long will you hold us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you and you don't believe. The works that I do in my father's name, these testify about me. But you don't believe because you are not of my sheep, as I told you. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give eternal life to them. They will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. Therefore, the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works for my father. For which of these works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, we don't stone you for good work, but for blasphemy, because you being a man, make yourself God. Jesus answered them, isn't it written in your law? I said, you are gods from Psalm 82, verse six. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came and the scripture can't be broken. Do you say of him whom the father sanctified and sent into the world? You blaspheme. Because I said, I am the son of God. If I don't do the works of my father, don't believe me. But if I do them, though you don't believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the father is in me and I in the father. They sought again to seize him and he went out of their hand. He went away again beyond the Jordan into the place where John was baptizing at first. And he stayed there. Many came to him. They said, John indeed did no sign, but everything that John said about this man is true. Many believed in him there. I'd actually like to reiterate the themes of all four Gospels again, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So Matthew's theme was that Jesus was a great teacher. Much of what Matthew was talking about was Jesus's words and his teachings and his parables. You see a lot of that in Matthew. Mark His theme was that Jesus was a servant, like a great servant. So he was constantly jumping from story to story to story of Jesus healing and doing all sorts of crazy things and uh, just super busy. Like, I don't know how, how Jesus had time to rest or even think in the book of Mark. Then in the book of Luke, Luke's theme was that Jesus was authoritative. He had a lot of authority, a lot of power from God. And lastly, 
John's theme, which to me is the most overwhelmingly consistent with his theme, I suppose, for lack of a better term, John's theme is that Jesus is God. And every single story we've talked about in John so far, in some way proves that Jesus is God in like every single chapter so far. First, it starts out by talking about John the Baptist discussing how Jesus is God, John the Baptist's testimony towards Jesus and all of that. Then it kind of goes into some various healings and some things that Jesus says about himself. For example, John chapter three talks about how Jesus uh, came into the world and he loves the world for God so loved the world, that famous verse. Multiple times, Jesus calls himself the bread of life, the living water. And now we see in John chapter 10, Jesus discussing how he is the door, he is the gate, and he is the son of God. And not only does he say he is the son of God, he says, I and the father are one. So John, the book of John, like really sticks to its theme that Jesus is God. I just really, really like how each gospel has its own individual theme with uh, the writing style of the person who wrote it. It's just very fascinating to me. Verse 22 here says that it was the feast of the dedication at Jerusalem. So what that means is it was actually Hanukkah. And I really actually find it interesting that Jesus celebrated Hanukkah because Hanukkah was not actually one of the feasts that God the Father actually set up. Hanukkah was a man-made holiday that happened after the Maccabees took over the, the temple again away from uh, Antioch, I think his name was the guy who like sacrificed pigs and stuff in the temple. And that was way later on after, um, before Jesus, but after all the prophets were written, the Maccabees came in and, uh, took over the temple again and then rededicated it. And that's where Hanukkah came from. So Jesus celebrated Hanukkah, which I, I actually really think that's kind of sweet and cute, but it was winter which obviously is when Hanukkah is. And Jesus was walking in the temple in Solomon's porch. Now notice it says that Jesus was walking. Like he wasn't really doing anything. He was just kind of walking. And some Jews came around him. The book of John often mentions the Pharisees as the Jews. Like he doesn't really give them many other labels except for the Jews. Because that's the heart of the Pharisees. The heart of the Pharisees was anti Jesus, and he ends up just calling them the Jews, which is really interesting also. But anyway, the Jews therefore came around Jesus when he was literally walking, doing nothing, and they confront him aggressively. And they say, how long will you hold us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And uh, what they were trying to do here was rope Jesus into saying that he is the Messiah so that they could probably do something against him. Because if Jesus claimed to be the, the Messiah outright, then uh, the Jews, the Pharisees would have, you know, evidence to try to put Jesus in jail or whatever for blasphemy or whatever. So they say, if you're the Christ, tell us plainly. So Jesus answered them, I told you and you don't believe, which was an excellent response to these Pharisees who are trying to demand this out of Jesus. Jesus already told them all of this. And my point with reminding you guys of the themes of each gospel of the Bible was actually for this verse right here because Jesus mentioned many times already in the book of John overwhelmingly that he in fact was the Messiah, that he in fact was God. Like he's mentioned it so many times at this point, but 
these Pharisees, these Jews refuse to believe. So Jesus says, the works that I do in my father's name, these testify about me. So not only did Jesus's own words testify about him, not only did John the Baptist's words testify about Jesus, which we see that at the very end of the portion we read today, but Jesus's own works testify about him. And that's also a funny thing about the book of John is John doesn't mention a lot of Jesus's miracles. If you haven't noticed, we've we've talked almost nothing about Jesus's miracles minus uh, Jesus healing the blind man. And I think he also healed the crippled man so far. But overall, Jesus has not done a whole lot of miracles in the book of John. But the other books of the Bible really go into Jesus's miracles where John does not. But Jesus was performing many works in his father's name. So in Yahweh's name, in God's name, Jesus was performing these miracles, these works. Of course, so the the Pharisees, the Jews don't believe Jesus. And it wasn't just the Pharisees, by the way, that didn't believe Jesus. The the Jewish population also, many of them refused to believe in Jesus's name also. But Jesus says, you don't believe because you are not of my sheep, as I told you. We just talked about the sheepfold on Tuesday. We went into what the sheep are and who Jesus is. He is the good shepherd. So because these Jews confronting Jesus are not part of his sheep, they don't believe. They don't hear Jesus's voice. They don't believe. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give eternal life to them. They will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. And this is not a declaration of Godhood. I don't know what is like even this verse right here. I give the eternal life to them. What human being goes around saying that he gives eternal life to people? Anybody who said that even nowadays, like if some guy was out there uh, saying that he gives eternal life to people, we would believe you and I would believe that that person is claiming to be God. Jesus was claiming to be God. Of course, he actually was God, unlike other people that want to claim to be God. He actually is God. But anybody that says that Jesus did not claim to be God never read the book of John in their life. (laughs) I mean, the book of John is like, holy moly, every other verse is Jesus claiming to be God, it feels like. I give eternal life to them. They will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Another declaration of being God. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. So notice that Jesus is using, you know, pronouns of himself. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Then no one's going to snatch them out of my father's hand. And then he says, I and the father are one. So Jesus and the father are one. And what that means is that they are, of course, part of the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all part of the Trinity. They are separate entities, but they are all God. So Jesus proves this point twice by first using his own pronouns, then by saying that God the Father, no one will snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. So the Jews take up stones to stone him. (laughs) And why? Because they knew Jesus was claiming to be God. They literally say it right here. Jesus says, I have shown you many good works for my father. For which of those works do you stone me? (laughs) What a great response. Jesus is like, okay, so all these like wonderful works that I'm showing you guys in my father's name, which one are you going to stone me for? 
you know, they don't really have a good answer for this. They, they say, we don't stone you for any good work, but for blasphemy, because you being a man, make yourself God. See right there, the Jews knew exactly what Jesus was saying. Jesus was claiming to be God. The Jews understood this. Why would they take up stones to try to stone him if he wasn't claiming to be God? And these Jews didn't care. They didn't believe Jesus's words. They didn't believe that Jesus was God. They weren't part of the sheep. You and I, because we believe Jesus is God, because we know Jesus is God, we are part of the sheep. The sheep hear Jesus's voice. Other people who say Jesus is not God or Jesus never claimed to be God are not part of the sheepfold. They aren't part of the sheep. It's unique that Jesus was able to stop them stoning him by very cleverly asking them, so which of the, the good works that I showed you are you going to stone me for? And of course, they that, that made them stop and think, of course. Every time Jesus asks a question, you'll notice that it makes somebody stop and think. Jesus was really, really good at uh, asking questions, which is actually a uh, life coaching tactic. I've mentioned that before, but life coaches are actually supposed to only, for the most part, ask questions rather than give advice because questions make the people think. But anyway, it says, Jesus answered them, it, isn't it written in your law? I said, you are gods. Psalm 82, verse six. And I actually went over to this, um, this chapter, Psalm 82. Let me get there again. And let me read it to you so that we don't get any uh, false ideas about what Jesus is saying here regarding gods. Okay. Psalm 82. And I'm going to be reading once again out of the World English Bible, the W.E.B. And I'm going to start actually in verse three here. Defend the weak, the poor, and the fatherless. Maintain the rights of the poor and the oppressed. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them out of the hand of the wicked. They don't know, neither do they understand. They walk back and forth in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said, you are gods. All of you are sons of the Most High. Nevertheless, you shall die like men and fall like one of the rulers. Arise, God, judge the earth, for you inherit all of the nations. So what this is talking about is these judges, actually, in the Old Testament, who were not doing their jobs. They were wicked judges. They were not defending the weak. They were not defending the poor or the fatherless. They were not maintaining the rights of the poor and the oppressed. And I'm literally quoting this, uh, this uh, psalm right here. They weren't rescuing the weak and the needy. They weren't delivering them out of the hand of the wicked. They neither knew nor did they understand. They walked back and forth in darkness. When the psalmist here, who, by the way, was Asaph, I think that's how you pronounce it. So when the psalmist here was writing, he was talking about judges, actually. And there's a couple other times in scripture where judges are called gods, like in little, like the little G gods, because they had the power over people. Which is why there are so many times in scripture where God the Father tells the judges that they better be doing the right thing because they have a lot of power. And so they weren't. And this entire psalm is talking about these terrible judges who were considered to be gods. You are gods, all of you are sons of the Most High. Nevertheless, you shall die like men and fall like one of the rulers. So this wasn't a very good psalm, actually, and it was not talking about um, about all of us. It was talking about these wicked judges 
back in the Old Testament days who were not doing their jobs. And then at the, the very end of the psalm, verse 8, the psalmist begs God, arise, God, and you judge the earth, for you inherit all of the nations. So let's go back to John chapter 10, now that we understand what Psalm 82 is talking about, where it's discussing the judges, the little g, gods, who were not doing their jobs. So Jesus answered them, you know, they got mad first and foremost that Jesus equated himself as God. So Jesus answered them, isn't it written in your law? I said, you are gods from Psalm 82. Verse 35, if he called them gods to whom the word of God came and scripture can't be broken. That's actually a very important note mentioned here. The scripture can't be broken. The Old Testament and the New Testament is God's holy scripture. It cannot be broken by Jesus's own words. It cannot be broken. So if he called them gods, in other words, if the psalmist called them gods to whom the word of God came and scripture can't be broken, do you say of him whom the father sanctified and sent into the world, you blaspheme because I said, I am the son of God. So Jesus's entire point here is that the Pharisees and the Jews totally accept the Old Testament, where the judges were called gods and the sons of the Most High multiple times, and yet those judges were so wicked. Those judges were not doing their jobs. They were terrible. And yet the Pharisees were fine, were fine with it because it was in Scripture. And of course, obviously, the Scripture can't be broken, and Jesus knows that. But the Pharisees were okay with uh, these evil judges who God was gracious enough to allow them to be called gods, but yet they can't hear. These Pharisees can't hear Jesus calling himself the son of God. They can't hear it. They don't want to hear it. They are angry about it. And so they say that Jesus blasphemes because he said, I am the son of God. But yet those evil judges, if you see in, in Psalm 82, verse seven, or I'm sorry, verse six, it says, you are gods, all of you are sons of the Most High. So these, these wicked judges are also sons of the Most High. And the Pharisees are willing to accept that. But the Pharisees are not willing to accept Jesus calling himself the Son of God. And yet Jesus did nothing sinful. He was doing nothing but showing good works. He was doing nothing but showing God the Father's power, Yahweh's power. Verse 37, if I don't do the works of my father, you don't believe me. But if I do them, though you don't believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the father is in me and I am in the father. So Jesus says, if you can't handle my words, at least believe in the works, at least believe the works that I do, the signs that I'm showing you, the works of the father, so that you'll know then that God, the father is in me and I am also part of God the Father. That's what Jesus says. But they get angry. They sought again to seize him, and he went out of their hand. And that's because Jesus does not give up his life when his life was not ready to be given up. Jesus had the power over his own life. So somehow he slips out of their reach, probably supernaturally. They seize him. He went out of their hand. So this angry mob who surrounded Jesus Somehow Jesus just gets by. 
And so he leaves that area and he goes again beyond the Jordan into the place where John was baptizing at first and he stayed there. Many came to him. Now, this is the fascinating part. Everything that Jesus set up until this point was is very true because Jesus was mentioning before how John the Baptist had witnessed and testified about Jesus, about Jesus's works and that Jesus was, in fact, um, the son of God and also the Messiah and God also. <laughs> so John testified in that area to many, many people about Jesus. So the people of that region said John indeed did no sign, but everything that John said about this man is true. Many believed in him there. That's because John the Baptist was paving the way for Jesus. John the Baptist made the way straight so that people could begin understanding who Jesus was. In fact, John the Baptist was a pivotal part of Jesus starting his ministry because John was another witness, another one to witness to the people about who Jesus was, which of course was God's son. Well, faithful listeners, this is another episode out of John chapter 10, and we finished up John today. We're going to be moving into John chapter 11 next week. Easter's around the corner, so check out the Alive Coloring devotionals that I actually drew. I drew all the images in there. Some people don't know that, actually. So I drew all those images in there, and I also wrote the devotionals, at least most of them. For the child's edition, my sister wrote some of the devotionals. But check those out. Those are linked down in the bio of this podcast episode. So if you would like a very fun and informative devotional to do with your child, where you also get to color and do activities with them, then get the alive coloring devotionals before Easter rolls around. Well, guys, I hope that you have a fantastic Thursday evening and I'll see you tomorrow morning. Happy listening and God bless.